Welcome to the Creative Curmudgeon. Today, we will be speaking with Jalapaz. Jalapaz runs the recording studio Audio Confusion and has produced AJJ, Playboy Man Baby, Oakley Doakley, and thousands of others. Let us learn his secrets, shall we? What got you into recording? Probably my brother. He was a big uh, audiophile. Uh, so story is, is, uh, you know, he, he went, uh, he, he went in the service and, um, in basic training after basic training, he came back with, uh, like a $20,000 stereo system and he mm. set it up in the house in his bedroom. And I was in there and I was like 10 or 11, you know, I was seeing him setting it up and stuff. And it was one of those systems where. I had a spectrum analyzer where you can analyze the room. And so you would set a microphone in the room and then a, a, a white noise or pink noise. I always forget which, which one it is would uh, shoot out of the speakers and the microphones listening to that. And the goal is to uh, you, you have a graphic EQ and you move the, the EQ uh, to where uh, where the spectrum analyzer is as close to flat as you can get it. And then you leave it and you don't touch it unless you move again. You got to do that in each room or each move if you move the speakers. And so so he did that and then he was going in the service for four years. And so he, before he left, he said, you can use the stereo, but don't touch this, the graphic EQ. Uh, and I was like, okay. And, you know, four years passed and he comes back and he's listening to the stereo and he goes, did you touch the graphic EQ? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, I thought so. It sounds better. And I was like, oh, sweet. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, so I think I kind of started it. Um, after that, like I would go in his, you know, I'd be driving with him in his, his truck and he had a really nice stereo in his truck and I would, uh, eq uh you know the uh the the truck stereo and and uh i did that for my mom i did that for my friends you know family and that just kind of snowballed from there when i was uh like in a band when i was 15 uh i uh started playing you know bass and uh, my singer slash guitarist slash best friend told me I, I sucked, so I stopped playing, and I started managing them. And uh, when it came needing a uh, recording, I uh, did a um, I did the recording with a uh, with my boombox. Oh, that uh, that boombox that you've had this I I had no idea that that was the. Yeah, it's, it's such a cool looking boombox that I assumed that that was like just like an aesthetic sort of. Uh... No, no, uh -uh. I've been using that since the '80s. <laughs> wow, and so it has a stereo microphone system, and I I uh, I realized 
that like well so in practice i put put it in there and i hit record and i listened back i was like oh that's all blown out you know it's all distorted because you know the band's so loud so then i put it under a blanket nope that sounds muffled so then i put it in uh put it in the other room with the door closed and that was a little bit better but it was still kind of muffled so then i opened the door like a crack and that was perfect and we recorded the album like that and uh and people liked it and uh i had people uh having me come to their practice and recording them <laughs> that's awesome for the boom box <laughs> is there something about your sound like steve albini for instance like his how his trademark is like the drums like why nirvana sought him out was like that like drum sound where like right. any any recording you hear it's like you can you can spot that it's albini pretty clearly yeah, oh yeah absolutely. um which my understanding of how he did that and i could be wrong was that he just like mic'd the drums way more than drums are usually mic'd and then did it like really dry and then that's like so uncommon that it sounds like an effect um I don't know if that's true, but anyway, is there something about your sound that you consider to be like the Jalop has sound? <laughs> well, um, uh, uh, people do say I, I do have a sound. I don't really know what it is, but I mean, Albini's, you know, definitely a hero of mine. Uh, I, I, you know, tend to lean more towards you know raw or natural sounding stuff um where uh um you know that's what albini does uh it's funny you talk about like the drums being dry with albini because i always think of his drums being really roomy um and um, um yeah I, I don't know what i'm talking about but i thought i like read that <laughs> i thought i read that somewhere uh um uh but uh uh i well i don't know what other people think um but how i kind of look at my sound or like what i try to do with with my sound is create a high lo-fi kind of sound so i like i love um home recordings hmm. and the reason i love them is because they're so interesting uh they don't they don't know um, what to not do. Like I have this little voice in my head that's constantly like, don't do that. That's not the right thing to do, you know, mm -hmm. but, uh, but home recordists, they don't have that voice because they don't know any better or, or, you know, they're lucky enough to not know any better. So um, uh, I try to bring that charm with a more high fidelity quality uh um so like it's not just like like i i find that a lot of like home recordings you know is kind of more thin sounding mm -hmm. uh and so i try to do the interesting charming stuff that home recording home recordists do but uh have more of a lush kind of tone mm -hmm. you know something with more depth uh uh bigger you know bigger tones and stuff like that which brings me to my next uh um 
hero, which is Dave Fridman, uh, who does all of, uh, um, he's from Mercury Rev and he's, he's done all of Flaming Lips stuff. Oh, okay. And, uh, and, um, I actually went and visited his studio. I called him up cause it, it was only 40 minutes from my mom's hometown. I had no idea. And, huh. uh, and I called him up and I was like, I was wondering if I could take a tour. And he goes, you want to take a tour? <laughs> I, I, I was like, have you ever done tours? It's like, I've never had anybody call. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I went, I visited him and he was a really nice guy. And he answered, you know, a bunch of questions. Let me take pictures. And that's awesome. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, um, yeah, I, I love, I love what he does. Uh, um, not, you know, I, 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 I think he's really good. I, I definitely like his older stuff more. Um, and I also will add that I don't think Albini should mix everything. I, he should probably track everything, but I don't think he should mix everything. Okay. Um, uh, cause he's so hands off Albini that, uh, that a lot of his mixes sound almost unmixed. Yeah. Like that's part of like the charm, but that it could like just become unpleasant. Yeah. I mean, it just sounds, it sounds undone. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but yeah. Um, um, Phil Spector was, uh, infamously confrontational, like with his musicians and like a, there's like a famous story about him, like pulling a gun on DD Ramon and having him like record like at gunpoint, for example. No, I've never done that. <laughs> have, yeah, have you ever had to like put your foot down and get confrontational with musicians uh, uh, to get to get a sound that you want? No. Or or, or 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 have you have you had to because it's your brand and it'll say recorded at Audio Confusion? Has anyone and you don't have to name names? Has anyone come to you with just like the worst? fucking ideas of like what they wanted and you had to like kind of talk them down from that well no i mean you know when it boils down to it uh i always tell people i'm like the remote to their ideas so uh no i'll do pretty much whatever they want me to do but if i don't feel good about it i just ask them not to put my name on it okay um i have you know uh, had you know instances with a uh, with a band, not full bands, but band members where we've butt heads, and I uh, um, uh, I've you know just kind of said like ah, like <laughs> like I had this one guy like we butt heads the whole time, and then he called me up and he's like, hey, I want to come and record. I was like, really? <laughs> mm-hmm. You enjoyed that? <laughs> uh i was like uh, i think maybe you need to find another place like uh um he just constantly second guessed everything i did and uh and it to the i mean like i am the remote to your ideas but like like i don't tell me how to do my job like yeah like, you can you can uh you know you know uh uh suggest something but it was like it was just um it was just not the way he did it was just kind of uh 
a little too much for me. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, but no, um, I, uh, I haven't really had too many confrontations. I've been lucky in that way. Yeah. I've only been ripped off twice and, um, like ever. And in recording. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what, <laughs> that that's what yeah. I mean. Like that, that's, that's, <laughs> That's uh that's pretty astounding because uh you know musicians are oftentimes scumbags and yeah, so I'm, nah. I'm surprised in all these years that's only happened twice. Yeah, yeah. How do you decide on microphones for getting the sound you want? I don't. I only use an SM57. <laughs> I just kidding. <laughs> I know. I, I I I I know that's a thing that like a lot of people do, right? With the SM57. That's like the oh, that's no, like the cure no. for cancer for people is the SM57. I I don't know. I get a lot of shit for using SM57 as much as I do. So I don't think that <laughs> I don't think that uh most people do that. <laughs> um I I uh I've been using SM57s for so long. My friend was like I wonder if that's your sound is like what if you didn't use SM57s like would you would that would you still get the sound that you get? I was like, I don't know. Um, um what percentage of your microphones would you say are SM57s that you just use on anything? Well, uh, I I use them on all drums uh, except usually kick drum and overheads, but sometimes I do use them for overheads and kick drum. Um, I use it on, um, acoustic guitar. Uh, I use it on vocals sometimes. I use it on, uh, on, um, uh, violin. Uh, that's like my go-to mic. Like I use it mm. kind of on anything. Um, uh, the thing about the thing, the thing that I think a lot of people don't realize, well, it, it, in my opinion, I can't speak for anybody else, but in my opinion, uh, the preamps are more important than the microphones, but everybody asks, like, you know, like I have people asking me all the time, like, what kind of gear should I get? And they always ask, like, what kind of mic do you think I should get? It's not the mic. It's the preamp. Because I wouldn't use an SM57 to record a violin with a Mackie mixer. I wouldn't use a you know SM57 to record a you know acoustic guitar with you know uh, a Focusrite preamp. You know, of course not. Yeah, <laughs> of course not. Um, uh, so um, it's about your preamps, um, and I mean nowadays, you know, like I was saying before, like you know, we're, we're the recording is, you know, uh, products are out there and they're affordable. Uh, not like they were, you know, when I first started out, um, they were very untouchable. Uh, but now they're very, 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 you know, touchable. And, uh, and you probably know somebody you could borrow one from, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? So, um, so it's the preamps 
and uh, uh, and they don't have to be expensive, and you can get great sound with you know inexpensive preamps with inexpensive inexpensive microphones. Um, how do I decide what I'm going to use? Um, well, that's a hard question. Um, I don't know. Uh, like I, I, te I tend to use dynamic mics more than anything because, uh, um, condenser mics are really, really sensitive and they just pick up a lot of unnecessary uh sounds and frequencies in my opinion and dynamic mics don't pick up as much uh i mean they're they pick up you they pick up you know well it's not like they're you know crappy microphones they're just uh they're just not as sensitive so um so uh um, it's so like you, little mistakes will be like, you know, a lot more prominent, like with a condenser microphone, like a person breathing weird or like something like that than with a yes, dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. But also if you're looking for like, like if I'm, if I'm recording somebody who wants to sound like Christina Aguilera or something like that, I will use a condenser mic for vocals and not use a dynamic mic. Um, uh, uh, and, uh, which one I use, mm, uh, I'll probably try my go-to one, which is just a cheap MXL. Um, but it has this sizzle that I like on vocals. Um, but, um, uh, but I tend to try out condensers more than I do dynamics. Like, uh, like I'll try one and uh, and then I'll try another one to make sure that that other one doesn't sound better mm -hmm. where dynamics um, I don't I don't try as many different ones uh, um, I just kind of uh, dynamic I think that dynamic mics I mean, they, they sound different, but, uh, I don't know. I guess I, maybe I understand them more or something where condensers just can be completely different sounding. <laughs> like, yeah. Like they're just like, I don't know. So, and they, they like on certain voices, they will sound so different. Uh, and like, uh, you know, some, like a lot of times I'll be like, Oh, you sound like this, this will be good. And then I'll listen. And I'm like, no, that doesn't sound good at all. Let me try this one. And then it's like, Oh, weird. Yeah, you, you have a family and a business. Like you don't have the time to just like try out every condenser mic when you know the dynamics exactly. work. Yeah, no, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, um, yeah, uh, but um, but I definitely lean more towards dynamic mics. Do you have like any sort of default system in your head for mixing, depending on the genre? Like, oh, for rock music, the bass no. should always be slightly louder or whatever. No, no, uh, and I and, and that's kind of like 
I kind of thought that that was my sound was that like, I don't have a sound. It's like, I just capture the band sound, but, mm-hmm. um, but I was, to- I've been told many times I do have a sound. So, but, uh, I don't, I don't mix the same way twice. I mean, I use, uh, you know, um, I like, I like stuff with grit. So like, that's one of the reasons why I use SM57. I think 57s kind of have a little bit of grit to them. So, uh, I'll, uh, um, you know, I tend to add some grit to things. Um, uh, but how I do that is different. A lot of the times, like I don't use the same thing, you know, twice. And, and like a lot of times I forget how I did things. So, so it's like it's like a it's it's like a a new day every day it's (laughs) like what did i use oh i don't remember all right well start over and i don't write notes down so uh, you do seem like from like watching you it does seem like with eq you don't you don't fuck around but you got some pretty set ideas in place for eq is that accurate i well i I don't know if I have, um, I don't know if I have, I, uh, like, that's, I kind of think that, like, EQ is, like, the majority of what I do, like, with, with a mic technique, you can get EQ, uh, and then, you know, in post, um, you can get EQ and stuff, and, uh, um, and I, uh, I tend to go for EQ than I do like compression or effects or that's just where my brain goes is like tone. Like, I, I, like, I'm just, I just constantly think about tone and like, and I'm more appeasing myself than I am like, than, than like, than, uh, what, uh, I think my uh clients you know notice because um uh i know that the things that i do are very minuscule mm-hmm. <laughs> but it appeases me you know, like, and and that's you know that's why i work the way i work because i know there's a lot of the stuff i do like nobody would ever notice any difference but i do and i have to have that i have to get to a certain spot but yeah, uh, EQ is, I mean, it's crucial, uh, to me it, and I think it's crucial to most engineers, but I don't think that, uh, I, I think that, uh, I think that a lot of, uh, engineers use EQ, um, for they use it for tone but i don't know i don't think they use it the same way like i do i mean you want to use eq to they talk about this all the time and in like you know articles or you know whatever but you use eq to to uh notch out space for other instruments um uh, so like think of it as like, you know, kind of like a jigsaw puzzle or something. So 
if your bass guitar, you know, you want your bass guitar to carry all the low end. So you need to free up that low end from other instruments by taking, so you'll take the low end out of like a six string guitar mm -hmm. uh, um, because you'll just have too much low end and you'll get frequency distortion. Um, I don't necessarily go by that. Um, I, I want things to kind of clutter on top of each other. I, I don't want things completely isolated. You notch out frequencies. So each thing has its own space. I don't really want that. I'm kind of creating like, I, uh, uh, more of like, um, one big monster than like, you know, individual elements. I want to hear one big thing, you know, uh, like a wall of sound, uh, but that's Spectre's thing with, you know, uh, multiple layers, not like that, but like, uh, um, just, I just think it's like fuller sounding. Um, yeah, because with Spectre, wouldn't he just layer the same thing just like over and yeah, over yeah. again? And I'm yeah. not talking about that. Yeah, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about uh, um, tone. So mm -hmm. I I do want the guitars to have some low end and be thick sounding. And I do want uh, the, uh, 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 the bass to have the low end, you know, too. So... I tend to kind of like uh, not really notch things out. Um, uh, sometimes I have to, and sometimes I want to, maybe there's one thing that I want completely isolated, you know? So, but, uh, but I don't use EQ. I think that uh, the way a lot of uh, engineers, or at least that's the way I'm hearing. Uh, that's the way I hear the things that a lot of engineers do i could be wrong they could be doing the exact same way but it just sounds different yeah i wanted to talk about the color scheme in your recording studio anybody <laughs> that goes to your website can see you're very colorful yeah. it's 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 been inspirational to me with painting my own house actually oh, um cool. and i uh i, I was curious what how that's affected like the creative output yeah so um it's funny you mentioned that like uh I, so i've had four other studios in the past and um uh i uh one thing i noticed right away with other studios um and again you know coming from the 90s 80s things were a little more stricter uh or a little more strict um uh the um the, a lot of studios were very uh stale looking they were very like sterile looking mm -hmm. and they were like white or beige and you know like very muted colors and stuff and i knew i definitely didn't want that like that's just not what i'm into um so um uh so uh my first uh, main studio, like the walls were just all color. Like, I mean, we just went to town with color and, and it looked like, you know, like it was just 
looked like uh, I can't think of the painter, but maybe like Jackson Pollock or something. It wasn't like speckles, but it was like brush strokes and stuff. And, mm -hmm. and it was everywhere. And I had a big maze on my ceiling that, <laughs> that we did. And, and uh, that was a little too much. <laughs> yeah. It seemed like it would even and, be like distracting. Like somebody might, yes, might be painting exactly, a base part and yeah. then like, yeah. So then I painted all the walls white and then I, um, uh, uh, had uh, paintings on there. Uh, I uh, the studio was an art gallery for a while, also, and I liked that because the the art would uh, circulate, and so you come in one week and it would be different than the other week, and so you know I thought that was kind of you know um, uh, inspiring, um, and I liked that. Uh, um, but moving out here, uh, uh, I, you know, I'm too far away for anybody to come and, you know, look at the art and stuff. So, um, I do have art here, but it doesn't circulate. Um, so I decided to go with the primary colors because, uh, it's better than white or beige or, you know, so, uh, I got decided to go with primary colors because, I just think they're happy. They're happy mm -hmm. colors, you know, and, and I, I sort of operate as caffeine a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. That's a yeah. good, yeah. That's a good, good example. Uh, that's kind of how I look at it is I just think that, uh, vibrant colors, you know, bring out vibrancy, you know, mm -hmm. in, in closing, do you have any life advice for me? <laughs> Uh, in all seriousness, just do what makes you happy. Don't try to make anybody happy. Don't try to make anybody else happy because you're always going to, uh, uh, you know, uh, it, it's like what I tell my bands, uh, that come in here, um, or, or I mean, not just bands, but artists in general, um, you can only make yourself happy. Because even if you make like the majority of your fans happy, there's going to be some haters. So what's the point? Mm -hmm. So I, I, I was I was thinking that initially to mean like you know like in in life. You you're you're talking about specifically in music. No, I'm also talking in life. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast is made possible by listeners like yourself. Please consider donating at patreon.com backslash the creative curmudgeon. Until next time, so long.